Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard and today I've got Josh Olsewich with me. Hey Josh. Hey Brian, how's it going? It's going pretty well, man. We, uh, we got some top things going on in the Bitcoin market. We're going to talk about that. We're going to fight about Zcash and EMAs versus SMAs and talk about stuff in general. But first, why don't we start off instead of ending the show with it, why don't we start off the show with what are you writing? What are you doing? I know you're, you were a guest on another podcast. It was a good episode. What you, I was, what you got going I, on lately? I betrayed you, Brian. I'm so sorry. I, no, it's, in, it's support of the show, man. Support of the show. I didn't. I can't say no to things most of the time. So <laughs> it was good. It was, uh, I, no, I really it was good. It was good. Uh, BJ was great. Golos, he does a write up to his pod, which is interesting. Uh, so yeah, it's good for good for everybody. Fun for the whole family, as they say. That's um, right. Writing about uh, let's see, ZRX was yesterday. Basically, they uh, have to invent use cases for the token because there aren't any, <laughs> and that may or may not work for them. I mean, the, the improvements that, that are in the pipeline and the roadmap look legitimate, look beneficial. They've been putting out uh, some like toolkits and stuff too to be able to kick off. Yeah, I mean, it's a for them. I feel like it's a fine line between like FOSS, free open and open source software, and like people just saying, "Okay, we're gonna fork off and do our own thing." Because the yeah. most successful relayers will just do that anyway, and they have. Why not? Yeah. And make your own token. Excuse me, your own token. Um, so that's ZRX. So I'm I'm bullish on them. Maybe like Q4 2019. Okay. I think some of that stuff's coming as early as Q3 2019. Uh, and then Maker was this week as well. Um, they're also kind of like fishing for solutions to problems that they've created as far as the stability fees and multi-collateral die, which should be coming later this year. Um, they've kind of lost. They went from like 2.11% ETH in the circulating supply um, locked up to like 1.6 right now. Why, what um, were they losing them to? People that just uh, didn't like the loan setup or what? Well, like DeFi's gotten a little more competitive. So there are okay. certain, certain uh, products now that are better for certain people. Dharma, Compound, uh, DYTX is stuff. We should now. get somebody on to talk about all of that ETH lending, ETH lending stuff because it's just a world I don't I don't really know. Been, understand the benefits to it but yeah so uh, you're locking up your stuff and you're getting something back basically but yeah they lost i think they've lost people mainly for the from the stability fees that were close to 20 percent there they um Thanks. did reduce they did reduce the fee to 17.5 this week last week this week that's really high that's still really high i mean credit cards are like that credit card <laughs> credit cards are lower the average credit card rate in the u.s is, is like 19 or lower 1918 mm. so well, yeah. somebody's familiar with the Ethereum lending market and wants to hit us up, let me know. Shoot me a message and we'll we'll chat. We, we'll we need an expert. About it. <laughs> yeah, no, I just have questions, man. It's one of those. I just I just have questions. That's it. You I mentioned mean, ZRX uh, charts. Yeah. Charts interesting to me. The yeah, Bitcoin, um, the Bitcoin charts like curling up under the the daily B bands, just begging, begging for a daily pop. And the well, USD like, charts fully bull like, and. Looks pretty good. What I liked about the charts for ZRX is that the USD chart is nearly fully bullish on cloud, mm-hmm. and the BTC chart looks like it's like bearish exhaustion. Essentially, it's kind of yeah. forming a, a Adam Eve double bottom. Yeah. It so together, really died with off. their with their forces combined, that could be a pretty looks a lot like the Zcash chart. <laughs> there <laughs> At are least what the charts that look like that double on on the Bitcoin pairs, and then the 
the USD pair, I think the USD pair on ZRX got a long-term head and shoulders situation, like starting at the beginning of the year. USD pair is so irrelevant. I what? Well, if it plays out, the measured move on that is like 60 cents. You know, my, my mindset's gone back and forth months ago. Mm-hmm. In a bear market, you want USD, and in a bull market, you want But for coins with high inflation, why would you want to maximize the coin itself? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, Brian. Brian. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I actually listened to that episode recently. Uh, the guy, BTCJS or something like that, runs with Bulls Guy. Uh, he was asking me where it was. So I went and listened to it, and it was opportunity for saying a lot of top things because it was like December 2017 when we recorded that. Uh, but I mostly agree still with what we said there. And for me, the USD chart value is, I want it to be bullish, of course. If it can't be bullish, then the BTC chart's kind of useless to me. Uh, and then also uh, looking for when an impulse move could come. So a lot of times on these USD charts, you'll get a pattern set up on the USD chart, and it could have been consolidating in USD, forming a head and shoulders or an ascending triangle or a wedge or something. And if that's coming to a conclusion, then it makes me believe, well, maybe the BTC pair will quit dying because say Bitcoin's moving on whatever it's, you know, pattern or, or thing going on was, but the altcoin's still restrained in a bullish pattern setup, but not completed yet. Then it leaves opportunity for calculating when that impulse move might happen and you get an outsized bullish effect from it. So that's why I look at the USD charts. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Certain uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the ripple move when he said the move to three bucks or whatever that you saw that happening. Uh, consolidating on the USD chart on Bitstamp. I mean, that was as clear as day to me. That was one of my best trades of my life. Was the <laughs> the ripple <laughs> the ripple breakout there? Um, yeah, I have to scroll yeah. back a ways to get to that three dollar situation. But well, that, a lot of people weren't looking at it either at that time. Yeah, um, that was. Uh, I mean, you could call that some kind of pennant, or maybe a. Uh, you could make an argument for it just being a series of lower highs and consolidation, like a quasi triangle situation. I don't know. But when it went, it, what, 6x? More? 12x? Yeah, it uh, went high for no reason, it went, really. It went really, it went really high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the other thing about Zeke that I'm looking at, so on the BTC chart, it's got a W, double bottom. I'll give you that. I will seed that to you. Um, no bear div, but it did have basically the lowest RSI in its history mm-hmm. uh, at 11.8 or something like that. And that was on uh, May 15th. And that's a lot of alt BTC pairs, by the way. Yeah. They really got ZRX, smoked when, when ZRX Bitcoin was like moving up so strong. Yeah. Um, so that to me says, okay, bearish exhaustion. That's one checkbox. W, double bottom, another more bearish exhaustion things. Uh, it's also out of this pitchfork that I just sent you. This bearish pitchfork that has been in all of 2018, essentially. Um, and that's another yeah. bearish exhaustion type move for me when it, uh, when you have a pitchfork bullish or bearish and it reaches some low with a maximum on RSI, to me that says it's headed back to the median line, which is currently at 013. Previous, yeah. Basically the previous low. Which that also ends up probably aligning with the 200-day simple moving average uh, where that would end up. So I, I agree with that being a pretty good place to go. I mean, there's also daily cloud top at 0.012, et cetera. I think there's reasons for uh, a return to the mean play. And then, the, I mean, the, obviously the jury's out whether it can actually turn bullish, um, but I just felt like it didn't really have a lot of sell pressure left after what happened. That said, there's fundamental stuff we can get into, but 
Uh, for anybody who owns that, does anybody (laughs) own Zcash? I don't even know. I can Uh, point to a person and say, this guy is a Zcash whale. You know, could you imagine that? How pathetic and miserable your life would be if you were a Zeke whale for two years? Poor T Mac. Brian? Brian? (laughs) Or or Barry Silbert? Grayscale? Are they? Their fund is pretty low on the Zeke stuff, right? Uh, I don't know. They've had the Zcash one for a while. I just like how it's so BTC heavy now. It's like stupidly absurd as far as the the breakdown. It's like 90% is Bitcoin now, um, which is great, which is great. So it tells me retail institutional people have some modicum of sense to say all this other crap is junk. Whoever's, you know, giving them that advice deserves a raise. (laughs) Uh, I was going to mention about your pitchfork. People yeah. may not know what a pitchfork is, but it's basically oh, sure, yeah. a it's basically a channel, and then you establish boundaries out from it that are they're fib related, right? The the little quartiles that you set out. Um, uh, so traditionally, there's they're not fib related, fib related, um, but you can certainly make them like a six one eight or something. Um, yeah, these aren't. They just like they a, just kind of fan out from a midline, and it's a it's a channel, and the further you get to the edges of it, the more extreme you know, the move is, but there's a lot of stuff that you can paint to a channel like that and it will stay in it for a long time. So when Josh is saying it fell out of it on the bottom side, it was already bearish. So falling out of it in a bearish fashion is just a sign of too much bearishness or exhaustion on the bearish side. So or at least Z-cash, for the given for the given it, trend. Yeah, for like, the for the particular setup. Because none of these patterns last forever. No. But like BTC broke up from a bullish pitchfork and it went you know, to 20K. So it's not impossible if this goes to zero, but <laughs> I think it's unlikely at this point, you know? Yeah. So Zcash in this example, it broke up after that initial exhaustion, went to the daily on the, on the Bitcoin chart, went to the daily Bollinger Band midline, and then kind of bled along down that uh, to make a possible higher low. That's the risk that I took on this is I took the trade before it was an equal low, before it was a lower low and f- like it wasn't divergent per se. Uh, so I took a little bit of a risk when I bought this on behalf of my kids, but I did so because of the chart pattern as it was doing that. It was on the USD pair. There's this jumble of like all the moving averages, the cloud had turned bullish and uh, it was kind of condensed there and it just looked like a ripe place on the usd chart to have a little pop so i took the risk on the btc pair that uh it wasn't going to make a lower low and make a full-on divergence but it'd be a more traditional adam and eve type double bottom where the uh, secondary bottom is a little bit higher so that's why i took that setup where i did from a technical perspective if you want to play a double bottom though you'd actually play it a little uh, you know back above the neckline and then retest it which is around 0.0102 or so right now, which was is just what's gone on in the past couple of days. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that it. I like that it completed the W. It broke out and is now back to the breakout, the throwback mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um. So it does look like a pretty good entry if I wanted to actually, you know, buy this thing, which I don't. Um, yeah. And what all else. alts face now is if Bitcoin is indeed toppy. The question mm. is. Will we maintain inverse correlation and uh, see money profits from Bitcoin flow into altcoins? Um, and whether that's total market cap or individual runners, got to see. Got to see what's going on there. I think if we stay, if we kind of go do the sideways move, as people listeners will probably know. Then yesterday, at the time of our recording, yesterday Bitcoin swept up 
to a little above 9K and then Judas down all the way to 7,900. <laughs> so it's like a $1,200 intraday move. Mm-hmm. Um, but now if Bitcoin kind of slowly bleeds into consolidation in a downward fashion, whether that's a flag or a wedge or something, I think on the lower velocity days, like on the days where it's not big red candles, I think alts can do well. But we'll have to see if, I mean, people have to have a lot of confidence that we are in the bull market and this is just a retrace for Bitcoin, right? Yeah, that, uh, I know we're bouncing around a lot, but that EOS thing, uh, I didn't, I wasn't following any like EOS upcoming news, but apparently there was the EOS pop was from the Coinbase related stuff, which I didn't, I thought that was old news at this point though. Yeah, but it actually listed, which I would have like, thought that would have meant it dumped. <laughs> but it didn't because it broke seven and then broke eight and i was like what the hell's going on <laughs> um and it's back up at 805 like i said in the beginning but yeah no uh i just thought that was all news so okay that's, so that's what it was it, it was actually on the exchange i mean it's coinbase has become so irrelevant generally now it's just i know sh- the coinbase pop i mean well to be honest a 10 percent or less whatever coinbase that's like equivalent to a bitrex pop uh listing you know it's not that not that significant in terms of percentage but Mm. there was a time in the market where a coinbase listing meant that sucker is going to double over the next like 12 hours um Mm. so i mean some move because it's on coinbase is probably warranted if anything maybe it's uh it deserves more if we're truly entering a, a new bull market where, you know, retail's still going to be on Coinbase, in my opinion. Like, you have to go, you have to onboard with fiat somewhere. And most people are going to do that on Coinbase, despite places like, you know, Bitstamp or Kraken or uh, Bittrex also being perfectly suitable places to do so. Everybody knows what Coinbase is. Nobody knows what the rest of those are when they're cash first app, getting, bro. When they're get first on the cash app crypto, or the cash app. Um, so Binance still isn't the fiat gateway for people. You have to discover Mm -hmm. Binance after you onboard yourself somewhere first. And for that reason, I think, uh, maybe the Coinbase pop is a little too muted if we're truly going to hit a, a new wave of retail buying, et cetera. Yeah. I think, um, coins that are already on there will actually do really well. Like I think that's why LTC is doing so well because it's already on Coinbase. I mean, there's uh, a certain type of person that they are going to put their money on there and they're never really going to want to move it anywhere. They say, yeah. look, there's 10, 12 coins here. The heck else do I need in the world? You know? Well, like, well if you, even if you hate Coinbase, there are people who are saying, like, this is an American company. I trust this. Like that, when I got into crypto, I didn't know where to put my money. You know, it was like, well, this company's in San Francisco. So how bad can it be? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was versus Mount, versus Mount Gox. And I was like, pan, like, well, what am I going to do? If something goes wrong. Like, as it was, I was crazy thinking that like giving all my money to this com- random company is like I'm not going to lose it overnight, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Coinbase is for a lot of people. That's what, just what's where it's going to be, you know? Yep. Yep. So I I don't know. I, th- I think move or them listing stuff will still matter. Um, you were bringing up, I think that uh, Coinbase has been picking up volume too, like they're yeah, like they relative think, to some other exchanges. Yeah, like I think they got a little bit of the Bitfinex people previously their volume mm. they're the yeah. market maker or something even though the fees are probably worse than bitfinex um i think to at this point a lot of uh, market makers are just getting fed up with the shenanigans <laughs> at bitfinex but um that's really the only thing i can think of the other thing is that uh, coinbase is in the bitmax index index and mm. bitfinex is right that's yeah correct. it's uh coinbase kraken and somebody else i can't bitstamp bitstamp yeah yeah, and uh, that's another reason why you know if you can throw on the Coinbase book, you can 
manipulate the index on uh, BitMEX. So there's definitely a, a good reason to trade there. Yeah. I tell you what, man, let's dig into this Bitcoin price action a little bit more because I am looking at the chart zoomed out pretty good here. And um, yesterday felt a lot like a top for sure. The way we hit above 9K and instantly sold those, the memes came on in force and then were given the smackdown. Which are great, uh, by the way. Crypto is built on memes. It's got a strong meme foundation, a strong meme economy. So there's <laughs> nothing wrong. A lot of people are, you know, naysaying the, the Vegeta or the, I don't, you know I don't how know to how to pronounce it. But, you know, the hodls of memes, stacking sets is a meme, all this other stuff. 33K by July. <laughs> uh, You're a uh, meme. So, yeah, I'm, my life is a meme. So don't be afraid of the memery, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. It, uh, the way it like popped in reverse like that is um, tells me there's more euphoria or lack of bullish momentum. I mean, it was as it is. There's already a bear div on that, so that's why I wasn't in at all. Like uh, I'm more in cash than I've ever been probably at my trading mm-hmm. accounts, um, and I still am. I didn't buy the dip. I don't trust it. I still want 66 on BTC. Whatever the daily keygen is when it decides to break down. Yeah, I will admit though that the uh, it's not a C clamp anymore. It's like melting up. Now. Yep, yep. The Kijun is working its way up, um, yeah. and that's you know something that you deal with when you're doing a trend following strategy. The the indicators are they move up when it's going up, and they move down when it's going down. That said, the 200 day moving average is at like 4600 the SMA at least. Uh, there's still a huge gap between the uh, price and like the 50 day gigantic between the price and the 200 day the price could touch the 200 day every six months or like once a year though so it could those those types of things can take a while um we got pretty far extended from the 20 day which is also the bollinger band midline that's exactly where we bounced yesterday um i wasn't paying close enough attention to that when it happened um I, i was trying to buy 8k i was also in cash um i was watching pretty closely where it was breaking down I I missed selling 9K because I was uh, looking for a little more, although I was watching this wedge that was thinking 9,100 to 9,200, but it ended up not quite getting 9,100. So uh, that was a little bit of a bummer because I round-tripped a little bit of the move from whatever it was, 8,700 to 9,100. Didn't really take advantage of that like I had in unrealized profits. Um, but when I look at this breakdown, like I could easily see an, one more like just real puny type of uh, type of high, but it does feel, for the most part, pretty toppish on the on the BTC side. Like it's pretty worn out. So we're gonna be looking for you know, for trend followers like ourselves. We're gonna be looking for those levels uh, where the moving averages and the the cloud indicators tell us are good places to get back in. But it um, does look like every other drop we've had, like the drop April twenty fifth, the drop May sixteenth. All these the U thing where we just go down for five yep. minutes straight. Yep. like massively and then go sideways and then just melt up just start working our way back to the previous uh, order block at like 86 or whatever that is 87 yeah and that's where i was getting to is like you have to i was i had to be prepared for this at what was it uh maybe like 7800 and then again at 8400 like i've been out of this market several times up here because i'm trying to protect it from the top side or from the downside risks but when it's ready if it's gonna break back up i'm just like all right screw it I'll get back in, you know. Um, I didn't yeah, like buy we had yet. That, 
we had the descending triangle and I was like, okay, well, there goes the M double top because we're, that's a bullish bias. I'm going to buy the breakout. I yeah. bought the stamp. Um, I did buy the stamp hack there, but um, yeah, the breakdown. I was, uh, I was mostly hack, out. I was mostly out from like 78 and then I didn't get back in until I FOMO'd the 8250 break or whatever that is. Um, so yeah. Every now and then I'm out for a few hundred bucks. And if it continues in this type of like super high trajectory, that's kind of what you do if you're trying to avoid the gigantic, you know, thousand dollar down candle. Um, Yeah, I'd like to be, um, you know, so if you have a cold wallet situation and trading situation, I like to be happy in both of those. Like, so if it goes up or down, it's still fine. Yeah. Um, You know, because it's like, oh, my cold wallet's happy today or, you know, my trade is if I'm in cash, like going, yes, we're going down, we're burning burn this motherfucker down <laughs> but uh, no i was gonna say the four hour cloud has been dead on since the binance stuff and it was again on this drop like the kijun held we certainly wicked lower but it consolidated on the kijun a little bit and now we're back up off the four hour kijun yeah and i bought uh i bought the first trip we had to the four hour uh Kijun at 7k mm-hmm. if i recall correctly i don't think i bought the second one at 7500 very well i just kind of waited on that one um that one was the one that felt like it might be an m top to me and then it just decided to go back up <laughs> uh yeah. there's been a lot of buying power throughout this this one uh i w- didn't get in until about 8150 even though i was trying to buy 8k uh it just happened that fast so i did get back in in some ways here but uh, I'm still I'm still cash conscious in a big way. Um, yeah, yeah, this so is the first. If this closes red, this will be the first red weekly in four weeks. Yeah, that's worth watching. And it's uh, basically at cloud resistance. Yeah, the cloud says we are basically topped. The regular settings on the cloud say that we're. How uh, dare you? How right dare you discuss <laughs> regular settings? <laughs> they they say we're right against the edge of the cloud and perfect like body format with a sting into the cloud with the wick uh carpe noctum settings which i would argue probably have worked better for crypto indeed uh, most people i think are using the cloud with your settings which is cool congrats um it leaves a little way, it leaves a little way, more room i don't respond to people argue about it <laughs> I, see, <laughs> I, see, I get i get uh, in these threads i get i see people are setting guys it doesn't really matter like Use whatever you want, whatever makes you money. If you find the normal settings make you money, if you find some whacked settings that nobody else uses make you money, whatever, use them, you know? So, you know, someone who always argued this, argued about this with me was Ashtrake. He was like, well, if nobody uses the settings that you're using, the power of the cloud decreases. But I don't agree with that at all. Well, Ashtrake's not here to defend himself. (laughs) (laughs) He sure isn't, Brian. Uh, Uh, but maybe it's to the point now where so many people are using the cloud settings that I use that it's actually better. You know, I don't know. I don't I just know. It's always worked. For I me, like so. I like looking at stuff that other people use. The fact that a lot of people do use yours enhances them for me. Um, but yeah, anyway, they both work, like you said. I want to talk about the cloud for a second, though, because the weekly cloud, mm-hmm. uh, we don't get a lot of instances like this in Bitcoin. Basically, it's after bear markets where you get a big, fat red cloud that serves as significant resistance. Uh, the last time it happened, it spiked up real quick, got rejected, and then made its way into the cloud and made this like glorious edge-to-edge, the one that you put on the tutorials type of uh, edge-to-edge move uh, to work its way through it. 
And I'm very interested to see whether we will have continued resistance from that edge of the cloud or try to snap right through it. And my gut tells me, my gut tells me we're going to roll right down that bad boy uh, until we finally get the momentum to, to get through it. And looking at that, I can see a world where uh, you are serving resistance through that weekly cloud. And then, you know, the, the Keyjian is around 6,500 and you know, everything kind of comes to a head somewhere between six and seven K. And uh, the what that would indicate, though, is that we may have a top between like basically for Q3. Um, so that's kind of my prediction is that Q3, we're not really going to see a significant higher high on Bitcoin. And if we do, it'll be some kind of divergent leg to like 9600 or something. Um, I agree. Also want that. But again, my bias cash. Even if I wasn't in cash, I'd be concerned at the chart, thinking like this can't go up forever. Yeah. So where am I gonna where am I gonna sell? But at the same time, I also feel like um, I'm I want to be patient. I am being patient. Uh, seeing it go up is like whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's sixty five eighty is like the key gen on the weekly, and um, it could that's, just roll down the cloud. That's also the three day Kumo top that we've been talking about, and uh, seventy yeah, two hundred is the three-day 200-bar moving average. Lots of stuff down there between, say, 6K and 7,200. That's a high of the bear div on the three-day is brutal, by the way. Don't know if you've taken a look at that. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's textbook. It says, it says we're going downtown. So you've been warned. Uh, both of us are certainly more bearish than bullish at the moment. That said, I find just like brazenly shorting it a challenge. I'm more interested at the moment in buying the dip. And I'm also interested, this is where I was trying to get to a little bit ago, is whether we see momentum in that for altcoins. I noticed something earlier today. Curious your thoughts. Uh, I saw this whale alerts Twitter account that says when people move a lot of stuff. And I saw somebody moving like 1,500 Bitcoin, it's like $15 million to Bittrex. Uh, so in two transactions, uh, someone was moving about 7 to $8 million a piece. And one of them was, looked pretty clearly like a trader's thing, like it was a bunch of Bitcoin going back and forth between exchanges and, and BitMEX and stuff like that. The other one was like straight up 800 Bitcoin from BitMEX to Bittrex. <laughs> uh, so to me, it's just it just signifies this rotation, you know, like people that have made some money margin long on Bitcoin, but the easy money on Bitcoin is gone. And you see the buy pressure flowing into distressed altcoins as uh, I think Tour, Tour de Meister has this analogy that he uses with a pressure valve. Like there's just so much pressure into the crypto market that it funnels in from Bitcoin into altcoins. And I think there's a chance that we're seeing that and that we're seeing an opportunity for some resurgence for these altcoins. Uh, and I want to know if you think that that is possible, true, likely. I mean, there's definitely rotation. I don't know. What's the opposite of a zero-sum game? <laughs> um, <laughs> a one-sum game? Okay. <laughs> because I feel like it's almost a zero-sum game because you have you have alt people who are fumbling the top of BTC while the, the BTC traders who have been in it are then rotating into alts as the alt people are selling the bottom on alts. So it's to- like these alt... The, the, the traders who aren't good traders, you know, they pay for all of this and support the people who know what they're doing when, uh, especially when this rotation stuff happens, you know, because yeah. you, if you're in an alt and you, it's going no, nowhere, like XRP or whatever, and you're seeing BTC and all this other stuff go up and you're not patient, uh, 
you're just going to lose twice, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I do think there's a lot of money rotating in for sure. Uh, and if BTC goes sideways, which it kind of has for like a weekish, you know? Um, yeah. I feel like there was a lot of anticipation for this move above 9K, the move to 9,600. And now I feel like there's less anticipation for that. So that's what gives me reason to think that there's uh, more like kind of general acceptance that the the top or close to the top was there above 9K. Um, and whatever le- is left in terms of meat on that bone is going to be harder to chew. Um, and yeah. uh, the all USD pairs, all, most of them had like a cup and handle type thing. Um, yeah. LTC hit 120. That was the target, the 1618 um, for that. Uh, and there's cup and handles just all over the place. So, you know, alts had technical reasons to go up other than just um, people rotating. Even in the BTC pairs, uh, ETH BTC had a falling wedge that broke up. Uh, I haven't looked at it lately, but it's probably doing better than it did initially. Yeah, I feel like Ethereum's kind of following Bitcoin. Although if you're looking at the longer time frames, it's uh, it looks like it's got further it could go. Like it ha- doesn't have this major USD parabola situation uh, because it's underperformed Bitcoin for the most part on the ETH BTC pair. Like it's basically mm-hmm. still at 0.03, which is where it's consolidated since the bottom. So I think there's plenty of opportunity for Ethereum to go up. The risk to my theory, the altcoin theory, we can use Ethereum as our stand-in justification, is that despite being wrecked, despite Bitcoin just doing so well, people seem to be very net long <laughs> altcoins. <laughs> you know, like Yeah, like they don't care. Yeah, it's like it bleeds, it bleeds, it bleeds, but they just they just keep Biden buying and hodling. Um, like the Zeke stuff. Yeah, like, somebody keeps fine, buying that. But eventually, uh, you know, there aren't anybody, there's nobody left to buy. It just keeps going down. Right? N- until my kids step in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the RSI signifies back to RSI. On most of these BTC, Zeke, or uh, alt BTC pairs, the RSI does look pretty good for a bounce. Just because it's been so hammered. And that's the other thing that bothers me about these alt people. They're like dancing in the streets that their alt went up. And it's like, well, you literally missed the entire Bitcoin run. So yeah. congrats on your crumbs of, of profits that you just made on, on a, a mean reversion play, basically. Yeah. Um, but the ETHUSD chart, the ascending triangle targets have both been hit. The 1618 was 211. The measured move was 247. And it's at 260 something now. So um, that's kind of played out. Which is fine. Like it can keep going. It's above the cloud. It's above the 200, 5200 cross happened. Uh, yeah. You and I had been, we talked about the three day edge to edge trade in the cloud. So that was yeah. our, that and the three day 200. The three day 200 is still at three, 395, but we, we used 333 as our target, uh, because of the fun. Um, and I actually do think that that's a reasonable place. A reasonable target, but also, I mean, it hit 290, which is right on this order block that broke down back from September 2018. Um, and if it moves past that, then you get back to where it broke out of that ascending triangle in 2017, just around 300. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom in the spring of 2018, when the first capitulation, which was around 358. So somewhere in there feels like the top to me. Um, but I think that gives it some room to still go up, some room to outpace Bitcoin a little bit. Um, but of all these alts that I've looked at, I feel like I'm less bullish about Ethereum than I am some of the ones that have gotten more wrecked relative to Bitcoin. Sure, yeah. 
Yeah, I so, mean, there's no there's no pattern at this point for ETH or anything like that. It's just sort of the trend stuff. Um, you, if you look at the weekly cloud, like it's pretty far away from the Kijun still. It's at 462, so that's only 200 bucks up basically. It's probably the most bullish case you could make. Uh, but just as we sit here, I don't really see anything too crazy. Um, you could argue like some sort of bull pennant thing going on right now, but yeah. I don't Whereas know. I, I personally, I look at something like XRP and people are super uh, net long XRP as well. But yeah. because it was so wrecked, like it has hardly moved at all. Like, I don't know where it bottomed, 28 cents or something. But relative to all-time highs, where it is now, 40 to 45 cents, it's consolidating uh, nicer, in my opinion. It's bull- bullish on the cloud for the first time in a really long time. Uh, I see like the other reason, which uh, I'm saying this as a technical trader, which is funny, but <laughs> the only reason it should go up is because it's it hit a previous low. Like It has no other reason to go up. You mean fundamentally? Right. So you're talking like, to me about fundamentals. Like, like if you look at the numbers for the chain, they're pathetic. <laughs> they're so bad, and they're declining. Like people are not using XRP organically. Banks are not using XRP for anything. Um, they're using their uh, Ripple's products, sure, but they're not using the token. This they just excites me. This just they just there's so much opportunity for announcements. <laughs> <laughs> God, I mean, I guess, but. Uh, the, the announcement everyone's waiting for is the security announcement on whether or not it's a security. I mean, it is, let's be real here, but whether oh, or not it the is. government is going to say it is or what, what the consequences are going to be is a different story. But yeah, like just like um, Zeke, you know, it hit its lowest R- XRP BTC, hit its lowest RSI ever, May 12th, May 14th, somewhere there, May 13th. And now it's got this W double bottom situation. Certainly um, a decent play on the low from september 7th 2018 but historically it it like pumps for six to 20 days and then just gets faded the rest of its life you know yeah now i should i should note like i've been obnoxious obnoxious i admit about zcash that's mostly just defending my kids bags um (laughs) uh but i i think that one just sentiment wise like it's just a known fact amongst all of Twitter that it's trash, et cetera, et cetera. It is, sure. You said you have some fundamental news coming, like the, yeah. I'll let you talk about it. But from uh, my perspective, the privacy does not work. You cannot use it on an exchange. It is difficult to use. It has to be a shielded to shielded address or else you're uh, uh, exposed. You're able to be um, chain analyzed or whatever. Yes. Um, if you, if you, I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but I will. The... Um, People using those uh, services are like less than ten percent. So, like, what's yeah? Most the, people aren't using Zcash as a privacy token. What's the upside to use the token at all? It's basically like Litecoin, you know. It's <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to argue with any of that. I'm just going to say if you're telling me that the fundamentals of altcoins are bad, therefore it won't pump. I'm going to say I disagree. Well, the, the baddest the baddest thing of them all is the inflation stuff. That's just egregiously gross. Yeah, I, like, the, I will I will defend it on that front. I think a year away from its first happening, and also a year away from the founders' reward, which it gets the most crap for, goes completely away. I think those two things are uh, big reductions of that burden. That a year from now, I don't really know where the Zcash price will be or where the overall crypto market will be, but. I'm a little more comfortable, even in a macro sense, trying to buy something like Zcash when I know that stuff is still a ways away, like a year, year and a half is a long way. But 
it's had three years of whatever of all the bad stuff that's formed all this crappy price action. And I don't know I if this can, is going to age well, Brian. I just don't know if it's going to age well. <laughs> it's going to age fine because, uh, you know, my kids are in profit and they're not going to bag hold it. So uh, if it if it breaks down, they'll happily hand that bag to someone else to to hold. Um, I mean, how much lower can it really go, though, the VTC pair? Like, I don't you know. know what I mean. Like the fact that it's actually bounced is good. I would have liked to see a capitulation wick really like wash some people out, um, which did happen on Bitfinex like a couple weeks ago, and then it just kept going down. Yeah, well, on the USD pair, that was the bottom in a big okay. like it was right at the head and shoulders bottom. It's literally the very middle of the inverse head and shoulders. That's where the capitulation happened on the USD pair. Um, well, like I know a lot of people were watching this falling wedge on the BTC pair. And I had this Twitter thread like, and then it fell out of the bottom of it. Right. I had the Twitter thread saying like, you can buy it. Go ahead. I'm going to stay out of this one because yeah. it definitely just kept going, you know? So, yeah. uh, that inflation stuff, like there's two things I can't buy and hold, which, which are whenever there's a billion of a token or more, I can't like bat. Like, I don't think that's going to hold the value ever because no. of that reason. And, uh, high inflation. Like you just can't, how can you hold on to that stuff? You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree. They're challenges. They're challenges. <laughs> It's pumped before, it will pump again. And I know is, you say it's never cleared the 200-day moving average. It has but, not. But it started at like 10 Bitcoin per Zeke or something like that. So it's, it really had a a, a a tough start there in terms of expectations. And yeah, I think, uh, I think it has an opportunity. I think it's sentiment-wise way overdone. And we could see some, uh, we could see some movement on it. I said I thought it would be the mo- the best performing uh, cryptocurrency in Q3 of 2019. We'll yeah, see. I think that's a little, a little that early. Was, but. It was ambitious. It was ambitious, Josh. Uh, <laughs> but we'll we'll see. Um, looking at the three day USD edge to edge trade, it tells me that there is a magnet at 197 dollars. Oh, oh god! It's in the cloud. Um, magnet at 197 dollars. So. Yeah. Uh, B- the BTC pair just like looks like uh, straight death on the trend for uh, on the long term uh, trend, but it's breaking that trend. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling right, you. Right, but and I'm telling you the BTC pair does not look good. It's got the W, <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree that um, you know XLM looks like that. ADA looked like that. Um, board had that inverted head and shoulders. Now it's moving into the cloud mm-hmm. on on higher time frames. So yeah, it it. It might benefit just from being an altcoin, like <laughs> just from having a seat at the table, basically. <laughs> but like, not outperform other altcoins if right. there's like the an altcoin season. It is the equivalent of a warm body. It is listed somewhere. <laughs> people can, people can, they buy, can buy it. it. Therefore, they will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I hear your point. I think it's got enough changes in the future. And we didn't even talk about that fork, but there's some kind of friendly fork thing called YCash. That's happening in July. Uh, yeah, so that's some guy got pissed off at the inflation rate. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a reduce the it's reduce the inflation and it's get rid of the founders reward early. Um, yeah. but mean, it's going to go nowhere, just like Zeke. But you know, sure. good for them. Sure, but that's a fork. <laughs> free free money. Free. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> in a month, in a month and a half. So that gives me uh, pl- plenty of time to play into my uh, my targets. So that's that's why I'm in it. I'm really not trying to defend it in a super serious way, fundamentally. No, but I will, I will see to you. I will agree that the, from a trade perspective over the next couple months, might be even less than that, maybe a month, it does look pretty good. Yeah. I will not take that trade. 
I will happily sit out. But yeah, it's there. We'll let you know how it goes. We'll see. And uh, EMAs versus MAs. I know we didn't talk about it much, but you know, I'm right, you're wrong. Let's just be real. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's talk about EMAs versus MAs. The said that the difference is that the MA is uh, EMA has a recency bias, whereas the MA is doesn't or something. Yeah. EMA is a recency bias, so candles nearer dated are weighed more heavily, uh, hence exponential. And then uh, SMAs are equal weighted across the board. Uh, Every candle is the same. So Mm. if you consider the 200-day moving average, the ultimate of uh, all moving averages, which signifies the health and well-being of a market. the sounds like fast fast versus slow, basically. like the MA would be slower than the EMA. Yeah, and there's a great study on Bitcoin of this in in use, and it's a logic. It's logical actually if you think through it. Um, so if you look at Bitcoin and you throw on the EMA, the 200 day EMA, and you throw on the 200 day SMA, in the bull market when we went parabolic, we never touched the 200 day SMA because we were too strong. It was, it was, <laughs> okay. it was too much. So the fast EMA was the only thing that we really touched and we kind of kind of got there a few times whereas we always stopped short on the SMA in the bear market once we got under the bear market it was a clearer sign of a full breakdown not just the 200 but like the 20 and 50 and some of that like some of the other some of the other business that happened with those and in the bear market the EMA got faked out a couple times like it price broke above the 200 day EMA whereas the 200-day SMA in the bear market was like an iron wall. Like, it just was dominant. In mm-hmm. March 2018, the 9K, like, mini dead cat bounce uh, on the way to the, like, second capitulatory bottom. But more importantly, the move to, like, 9,800 was uh, a double top d- both times directly into the 200-day. And then the mo- the next one to 8,400, 8, uh, was a move where both tops directly into the 200. The next one, September 2018, 7,400 didn't, it was even further away, but constrained by the 200 day SMA very well. And I, that's when I became a believer um, is just seeing how well it worked on those. But uh, the EMA did work better in a raging bull market because Mm -hmm. it actually got touched. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's my two cents thoughts. So what you're saying is I should just use EMAs because that's what I understand. Because we're now in a bull market. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, if you want to, if you want to put on your tinfoil hat magic, if you compare the, it's like the SMA to the EMA, the 100 SMA and the 100 EMA, and you look at those crosses, they are on the money since 2014 for for Bitcoin. And I was looking at ETH too, also completely on the money. For ETH, there's been like two or three crosses mm-hmm. um, on those two MAs. And that's not something I'd ever like think about doing. It's like, let's compare the EMA and the SMA. Uh, okay, why? But uh, it it's dead on the money. And yeah. we're getting a we're getting another for ETH, we're getting another uh, 100 100 cross and on um, BTC we already had our 100 100 cross. So again with these people that saying like, "Where well, this is all a bull trap." Blah 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 blah. It's like, "What are you looking at to tell you this is a bull trap?" Anyway, I try to look at this in a bearish light. It's just clearly not. Oh yeah, I can't I can't find it. Um <laughs> In fact, using the 5200 crosses 
Uh, I I put the 50 and 200 SMA and the 5200 mm-hmm. six hour. I know that's random. Uh, it was actually predictive with very few false alarms of multiple Bitcoin bull markets. Um, but yes, uh, same. Uh, also, a lot of people use the 100 200 cross because that cross is going to happen a little slower uh, than the 5200 since the 50 the 50 can move up quickly with like a a fast moving market that's just a giant dead cat dead cat bounce in an otherwise bear market the tone base theory if you will the 100 200 you really have to be uh like that's a sustained trend uh reversal for the 100 and 200 to cross and SMA or EMA they all crossed by 5100 like by the time that happened they were all fully crossed um so for me I felt we ended the bear market when we broke above the Bollinger Band midline on the weekly, which we've discussed a good bit. Uh, And yeah, once we confirmed above 5K, above 5150, broke up that next leg. To me, that was uh, that was that was game on. Um, Now we're just like now it's just ridiculous. Like it was okay. Let's melt through 6400 now. it even becomes harder for me because I was planning on us ranging below 6,400 for so long. Now I'm trying to figure out, well, where will we range? Will 6,400 be, you know, support on the way down since it hardly acted as any resistance on the way up, et cetera. So now it's more of a question for me, where do we range? Not, oh, we're going to 1,800 now. This was all a big (laughs) bull trap. I agree. And no matter what you're doing, just have a plan. You know, selling a little bit here and there on the way up is always better than um, missing the elevator down and saying, oh, man, I feel so stupid for not selling any on the way up. I know a lot of people are like, they get FOMO-y when they're when they sell too early. Yeah. And they feel like they um, they need to get back in, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, just have a plan. Stick to it. Whatever it is, you know, you're going to be right. You're going to be wrong. But I wouldn't. Uh, this isn't trading savvy. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I, wouldn't. I will There's say always another, it's always I, another trade. I think that's probably the biggest risk for people that are maybe currently out of the market, waiting on a dip, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people will probably get back in this market too quickly, and you can. I think you can get get back in in several places for the sake of a low or mid time frame trade. But in terms of macro. Where's the next place to like buy and hold on to spot from for a while? Uh, the retrace could be deeper than people are expecting. Um, like if someone's like, oh, I'm buying 8,200 or whatever, uh, like no way it goes below 7,200. Like I may think 7,200 a nice place to buy for now, but it doesn't mean I'm going to hold it for very long. Like I might just hold that for a shorter term bounce, but be looking for, you know, more like, 6,600 or even lower, maybe not even be surprised if we break below 6,400, et cetera. So like I'm treating those as levels where I'm willing to buy and test the, test the waters. But if they start to fail those levels, I'm going to try to maintain a setup to where I'm prepared to buy all the way until the market actually turns bearish on us again in some way, which I don't really expect. I feel like we've turned the corner. Uh, but I feel like 
a lot of people will say, oh, how could it possibly go lower? It's dipped so much, $1,000, and that's they can get hurt. And they're going to end up being the ones capitulating when we do go down 30% or more. Right, they'll be selling to me <laughs> yeah. into, into my bids, hopefully. And you're like, 6K is here, it's finally here. And they're like running away from the market, terrified. I mean, it's it's a cliche, but it's so true. When uh, Buy when people are fearful, sell when people are happy, or whatever that saying is, you know? Yeah, there's never um, never been a more like buy or sell the euphoria over the past couple of years, really since the top, uh, that Vegeta thing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I just saw so many memes post. Everybody was so ready. Uh, like People were posting their gifts while Bitcoin was down below 900 already, or 9,000 already. It's like, yeah, it's you got to be ready, man. You got to be ready for that retweet and that clout. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Twitter life. The Twitter life. <laughs> You don't get to 100k uh, followers without a massive understanding of the memory that is Bitcoin and crypto. It's crazy. It's a wild world, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, let's sum up our positioning here. You're bearish on Bitcoin. I'm mostly bearish on Bitcoin as well. Um, I don't know if I'd say bearish. Okay, I'd you're say midterm bearish. Out of the market. You're out of the market. Bearish mean bearish means it's going down, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're, <laughs> I uh, I you're, think we're gonna see another pullback for sure. Yeah. You're ready to buy the dip. Yeah, yeah. Um, a deep a deep dip, uh, a big chip with a deep dip. That's what I'm waiting big for. Big chip of a deep dip. I'm looking more uh, cautiously optimistic for some sector rotation. Um, but I I should I should indicate cautiously. That kind of depends on Bitcoin's volatility. If Bitcoin makes that move in a very highly volatile way, there's going to be some painful days. But I think the market's hungry, hungry for some uh, altcoin action. But I don't, I don't think it's safe to just spread it out all over the place uh, because I think that some stuff will run better than others. So yeah, I mean, at this point, other than just it should go down, I can't think of a reason that it would go to six k. Like what event? We had a hack. We had a, a flash crash on Stamp. What else could it like? The only thing that could be bigger than that is a bigger hack. Like if we had another 120k BTC hack style thing, um, or like Bitfinex doing who knows what, going down, disappearing, tether going. You know, I don't think any of this is going to happen. But this is at this point wouldn't surprise me. So there's always stuff like there's always fud to be had. That, well, that wouldn't be fud. That would be like legitimately Bit, Bitfinex is no more. <laughs> well, news to be like that's. That's the one event where it's like I can't I can't think of anything. There's always there's can't. always news that helps trigger the events. Like people will find an excuse if it's overbought. You were you have told me this, and I. Oh yeah, I agree. But like, what event could can you think of? Try, trying to think of like Black Swan, silly to even try. But yeah, trying to predict the Black Swan is probably uh, probably going to be a challenge. But something will come, something will come. I don't know. Maybe maybe Lightning will have a like really big bug, and so people will say. It'll never scale. <laughs> lightning. That's not even dead. that big of a deal. Like, who cares? Lightning is lightning is lightning. You know, it's 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 alpha probably at best. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I can't think of anything. I don't know. Maybe we should just all FOMO in and wait to wait till we get to fifty thousand. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> no dips. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks for joining us for a wide ranging price discussion. Mild debate. We didn't really get two fisticuffs over that. Yeah, because you you folded. You folded like like what? a paper crane. You were just. <laughs> I didn't fold. Look, I easily won both those debates. Wow. The listeners, the listeners will agree with me. Let's be real. 
Let us let us know, listenership. All right, we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Wow.